Welcome to 100 Ways, your simple reminder that you are home wherever you are and that everything is right the way it is right now. I'm your host, Laura Christine, fellow explorer of consciousness and this amazing, beautiful world. Let's get curious, dive into the duh, and find out what's here for us today. Welcome to 100 Ways. This is your daily exploration of self and soul. I'm your host and fellow explorer, Laura Christine. Let's dive in and find our way home. Last time I shared my journey was episode 63, and I'm continuing it here with the feelings that would mm, rise up within me and sort of flow to me, through me, within me, swirl around me. Because leaving a situation is really hard when you've set yourself so firmly into it. Even if the situation was unhealthy or toxic and you need the change, but you're not sure if you're going to change and you're not sure if anything is going to change. I wasn't sure if I was going to go back or try to make it work longer, or stay away for good. When I left, I knew that I was going to take the month of February and live separate. What came through me, as I mentioned in the last episode, was a lot of grief. Grieving what was, what I thought could have been, who I had become. I was grieving the part of myself I feel like I had lost, or I felt like I had lost. I didn't know if I'd ever recover this part of myself. If you're listening to this and you can relate, you can and you will recover that part of yourself. But it doesn't feel like it might be possible when you're going through it. I mentioned I let myself cry, and I did. I cried a lot. The feelings that would come up were varied in many ways. I felt free I felt a spaciousness within myself and around me that I had not felt for a long time. It felt like I had never felt it ever. I felt a creative vitality, a calm, a sense of that beautiful exhale when you take a big sigh. And I felt scared, sort of lonely, And I felt a missingness. I felt the missingness around dinner time. And I can't tell you why. All I can tell you is that in the beginning, when I would make dinner and sit down to eat it, I felt a longing for what I had. I felt a longing for the connection that I had with Kent. It was a sense of missing him. That was a challenge. Because you can imagine if I miss someone who's living not very far away, I could easily text him or call him and 
we could get together and then I wouldn't be missing him anymore. But I knew this was part of the grieving process. And I knew that because my hormones were creating these emotions didn't mean that I need to act on them, but rather to go into them. What am I really missing? What is the sense of missing wanting to tell me? And I can't tell you that I ever came to a conclusion there, but I can tell you that it went away. After some time, it disappeared. I didn't try to shove it away. I didn't try to, to deny it. I let it have its life. And as all things do, it died. I would take walks every day, twice. I would wake up and take about a three-mile walk. And then in the evening, I would take another three-mile walk. In the hilly part of the island I was on, it was wonderful. Good workout. These walks were my saving grace. Yes, I was thinking a bit much, but I also had tropical flowers to smell all along the way, and those things are amazing. And I had my music. I would listen to music. I was getting really into pink at this time. I wonder why. One day, after watching her documentary, I looked up some music of hers. Just the titles. I didn't know what the songs were, but one of them was called Courage. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to add that to my liked list. Or actually, I think I was using my Getting Lit playlist, which you can find on Spotify. I'll put the link in the show notes. You can join me in Getting Lit. And I don't mean lit like we're going to go smoke some weed or something. <laughs> I mean, we're getting lit on life. <laughs> it's a great playlist. And on a walk one day, her song Courage came on. Have I the courage to change. The song resonated with me to my core. Have I the courage to change? Because I knew that there was absolutely no way forward if I wasn't willing to change. And that change was not my outer circumstance. It was my inner MO, um, which we translate in English to mode of operation. And I like that actually a lot. If I wasn't going to change the way that I ran myself, the programs that I was running, then maybe I wouldn't go back to Kent, but I would go back to that same situation and that same energy. And I can happily report that I have not fully gone back into that same energy. I have learned that I do not need to abandon myself for affection. Recently, I started reading this book called Existential Kink, and I highly recommend it. It's by Carolyn Elliott. And I have recognized that there is a deep, dark, secret part of me that really enjoys and takes a lot of pleasure and even gets off on seeking affection from men who don't necessarily have the capacity to give it. So, unless I kind of like freakishly get off on this pleasure that my unconscious takes in seeking that affection from men who aren't capable or available to give it, well, I'll never have a full partnership 
Because I am capable of giving a lot of affection. <laughs> and a lot of love. Without attachment. So I'm excited to work through that. And see what happens. I also know that I don't need a relationship at all. And I also know that I don't have to lose myself in a partnership. In fact, then it's not a partnership. That was a little bit of a tangent because I'm obsessed with this book right now and I'm sure we'll share more about it. But I wanted to share with you the grief that I felt and the loneliness that I felt or the missingness that I felt. And then this very real sense that I need to change or nothing would change. And I knew because I felt it within me that I did indeed have the courage to change. The fear that I felt, which I mentioned as well, so I feel as though I probably want to touch on it. I would say the fear that I felt was this sense of, am I doing the wrong thing? Is he right? Am I really the one that's not with it? Am I really the unhealthy one here? This is a question I think anyone who's ever been involved with a narcissistic type personality or someone with those tendencies, someone who gaslights, someone who's manipulative, that question is always on our minds because we're so good at allowing other people to tell us that we are wrong. And I'm going to apply some of that existential kink. There must be some part of us that just really relishes this feeling of wrongness within us. Of course, we don't want to admit that because it feels shameful. But life is everything. So whatever we feel ashamed about is simply a part of life. And it really isn't necessary to feel shameful about it at all. What if we actually reveled in the feeling. <laughs> ah, it's like mind-blowing. Again, I worked through that. I kept up my walks. I kept up my tears. I kept up the knowing that I am willing to change and that I do have the courage to do so. I know that about myself because I've changed a lot. Who hasn't? We all have the courage to change because we've all changed. So evidence is there. And I knew that I needed help. I reached out to friends. I reached out to my mom who knows how to set boundaries. And thank God I was connected with. I am speechless about how wonderful this woman is. This amazing therapist that I was able to work with. I think that the next episode in this series is going to be an interview with her because she's so knowledgeable about what was going on for me because it is a pattern in our society that repeats over and over and over again. She's worked with a lot of people. She's had experience in this in her personal life and she's not afraid to share what she knows from her perspective as a therapist it's really validating and I'm looking so forward to sharing a little piece of what helped me so greatly with you wherever you are in 
your relationship with a partner or with yourself. Know that you're in the right place and you can change. Wherever you've been, there's no need to feel shame around it. There's a part in all of us that gets off on judgment and shame itself, guilt. We get off on feeling like we're being diminished. We get off on feeling like we're in a cycle of scarcity that will never end. (laughs) There's a part of us deep down somewhere that we consciously say, nah, not me, but unconsciously is getting off on struggling. So let's not shame it anymore. Maybe we actually allow ourselves to get off on it. I mean, why not? The other way is not working. Let's try this and see what happens. Here we are. Earth. Oh my god, it's not that big of a deal. (laughs) And it's the biggest deal, because here we are. Okay. With all my love, Oh my God, all of it and more. (laughs) I just want to say that you're beautiful and you matter and you are right. You are right. The way that you are is right. And until next time, I'm sending all the love and then some more. We'll talk tomorrow. Thank you for exploring with me today. I would love to continue this conversation with you. We can do that at lauracristine.us. You'll find contact in the menu, or you can go to lauracristine.us slash contact, and you'll be taken right to it. Let's dive in a little deeper and see how fully we can flow with the duh. Thank you for being here. I would love to hear from you. Go to lauracristine.us to let me know your thoughts on this. And remember, as Rumi said, there are hundreds of ways to kneel and kiss the ground. Also, you can't fuck it up. I said that. Mm-hmm.